And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Welcome back, episode 51 of the Review Podcast. I am here with my always co-host, Seth Hellman. It is the week 12 recap podcast. Seth, how's it going? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, a little bit quarantined. I'm not really allowed to leave other than picking up food and getting COVID tests right now, but that should be done by the end of the day. But other than that, we're doing pretty well. How's uh, life been for you? Good. I'm in the same boat. I'm quarantined as well right now because of um, uh, because of a potential positive COVID case out there somewhere. Um, I don't. I won't give away too many details about it. But but yeah, I'm glad I, I didn't show up for flag football. Then. So yeah, I was gonna say that <laughs> that it was a good thing that you didn't show up for the TBR flag football because it, there was a potential outbreak at the TBR flag football game. Um. My dad, freaking yeah. six cents on that one. Holy crap! Well, see, we'll see. The issue for me wasn't the wasn't the COVID. It was just the timing of it. I know, but and that's luckily like, we like we found I another feel, guy. I feel bad about it. It's just like like I, there wasn't much I could really do. At right. That. Well, at the end of the day, it's good that you didn't come. Right. <laughs> because there there was a confirmed case of the vid. Uh, I don't know if I have it or not. Uh, I do if don't have it then i coincidentally got a cold like a few days oh, after man. i for some reason i don't think i have it but i think i caught a cold from somebody else yeah well i got like those home tests they're like they're not the real ones they're not so like i don't know how accurate those are the, those say i don't have it but i don't know how accurate it is but but yeah a little bit a little bit of a outbreak at the tbr flag football game even though we were socially distanced for like the majority of the time somehow i guess you can't be socially distanced it's tough when you're playing football but right but uh but yeah so i'm putting the release of that video on hold until we know for sure like what the situation is just because i don't want to like put out the video and then have it be like ha we were all like breaking guidelines and here's a video of all of us doing it yeah. So, yeah, we're just going to we're going to wait and see what uh, what happens with that situation. But other than that, I'm good. Like, I feel good. I just I had a little stuffiness, but I'm kind of like on the on the back end of that. And yeah, excited to be back doing week weekly NFL podcast things. Uh, Carp was supposed to be here with us. He's not. So, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, we're going to go through all the games from week 12. We'll do the reverse pick them, talk about who we picked and why. Uh, and then we'll just debrief all the games for all of you, um, including the games that were played on Thanksgiving. So we got a lot of games to run through. Let's start with Monday Night Football, though. Monday Night Football last night, Eagles, Seahawks. We don't pick this game. We don't pick these games. We're just going to talk about it. Um, is it time to to move on from Carson Wentz officially? Is it is it safe I mean, to say? I feel like it was time that, to do that like three weeks ago. But yeah, you can. You I can, felt like it was time to do that a couple years ago. But yeah. I think we've reached the point now that everyone just like my question is, what isn't appealing about Jalen Hurts? Like everyone's saying like, oh, Hurts isn't the guy. But 
your alternative is like, okay, you're just going to keep losing games with Carson Wentz and he's not a good quarterback. Why wouldn't you like this is the two situation, but reversed. Like I said, when they started two, I was like, that's a mistake. You're playing well. This is the reverse to a situation. This is when you should bring in a rookie quarterback, when your team is terrible and your quarterback is terrible. Why not try Jalen Hurts like just for one game? Like you're in the NFL. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to lose. Oh, my God, that's terrible. You'd still be in a playoff spot. So I don't see what's not appealing about Jalen Hurts. He is like he was a great quarterback coming out of college, like Heisman Trophy finalist last year, basically turned his career around in the latter stages after being benched for Tua. I don't see the harm in starting him, especially because Carson Wentz is terrible. But let me know if I'm crazy. Do you think it's time to to move on from Carson Wentz? Well, I mean, let's put it this way. At this point, oh, my God, this is so dep- the Giants are making the playoffs right now. Okay? The Giants are going to win the division. Yeah, that that's what we're looking at right now. The Giants without Saquon Barkley are currently leading the NFC East. If you are like if you're the Eagles, you are within striking distance of winning this division. I mean, granted, every team in this division has, yeah. you know, is very close to winning it. Also, keep in mind that all of these teams are two losses away from being, except for the Cowboys. Cowboys are one loss away from being like they're all below 500 for the year. Like, that's it. Um, but look, if you're the Eagles, why? Like, what do, you, what do you have to lose at this point? Like, right. you're probably not going to end up worse than the Cowboys because you have the tie and that helps you out for win percentage. And. I mean, like, Wentz isn't winning you games. I mean, granted, they weren't expected. Like, even the thing with this is I feel like the Seahawks game is not going to be the straw to, like, make them take Wentz out because they're not expected to win that game anyway, right? Like, you don't come into the game last night and say, oh, the Eagles have a shot of winning this game. I mean, granted, they made it close at the end, which was wild, but you don't expect the Seahawks to lose to the Eagles. So right right now I feel like they're going to have a kind of an excuse of like, Oh, we weren't supposed to win this game anyway. It doesn't matter. But I think we're at a point here where, I mean, you look at the Giants' schedule and I think they play. So they play the Seahawks next week. Then they play the Cardinals. Then they play the Browns. And then after that, it's Baltimore and Dallas. So realistically, the Giants are going to lose their next three games. Depending on what the COVID situation looks like for Baltimore, that game could be interesting. The Dallas game could be interesting, right? So realistically, we're looking at at least at a minimum 10 losses right now for the Giants. Mm -hmm. If you're the Eagles, like, I, I just, I feel like you've got... It, you have Jalen Hurts. Like, what? Wh- what are we doing here? Why are we not even trying this? Like, at this point, it's Packers next week, then Saints, then Cardinals. Like, you have a difficult schedule coming up. You haven't been winning against these good teams, right? Like, it's. I I feel like we're at a point where Hurts makes sense. Like, throw him in there, see what he can do. It's late enough in the year where it's go for broke or what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing too with the game last night is that the score is not indicative of the game itself. They yeah. threw a Hail Mary touchdown at the end of the game and then went for two, which ruined the spread. Yeah. And 
like, so what did they do that so that they have an excuse to be like, oh, Carson Wentz only lost to the Seahawks by a touchdown. When in reality, he threw the ball like 45 times, completed half of his passes and only threw for like 215 yards. Right. What what like are we just going to keep playing this game where Carson Wentz sucks? But then the Eagles are going to defend it by like, oh, well, we're like this close and like we're in the playoff. Like he's gotten us this far. Like this is the only year you can say that because you're in the worst division in football. The oh, he's our guy because he got us this far. We can't you know turn away from him now. He hasn't gotten you anywhere, really. I mean, he's not throwing the ball well. He's throwing it. He's not throwing it well. Uh, he's barely going over 200 yards a game, which is light work for any other NFL quarterback. I just don't see like, yeah, the Eagles might sneak into the playoffs because of how bad the division is. There's just a lot of scoreboard watching going on. It's like, all right, can we be less, less worse than this team? I guess is, is what's happening. It's like, okay, the giants won, but can the Washington football team and the Cowboys lose next week? So that the Eagles, you know, it's it's a lot of that instead of like, hey, how about we just win games a lot more than like, hey, so if we all lose, then no blood is drawn and we move on to next week. That's kind of like how it's working out right now. So if they sneak their way into the playoffs, it is not going to be on the shoulders of Carson Wentz. I think it's time to go to Jalen Hurts. What do you have to lose? Like you said, absolutely nothing. Give him the experience too. like, why? Right. Why do you just have Jalen Hurts on the bench kicking around? Like on any other team, I feel like he could, any other team that's in need of a quarterback or has a bad quarterback, he could be very useful. What are you just going to, I mean, do you think that Carson Wentz is the quarterback for the future? Because if so, why do you have Jalen Hurts? Are you going to keep him as a career backup? And if you don't think that Carson Wentz is the quarterback for the future, then play Jalen Hurts now. There's just, it, it doesn't make sense either way they're looking at it. And I'm convinced the Eagles are just a poorly run organization. Well, I mean, that's probably true as well. But the other thing, too, is, is, you know, we mentioned, too, I mean, we were very much like you should not be starting to, a, you, you know, you should give him the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson method where you mm-hmm. sit him for a while. Yeah. But there's a very big difference between Tua, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Tua and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson all came out of college early. If I remember correctly, Jalen Hurts was a fifth year senior. Right. So you're looking at a guy who already has more years on him than these other guys, right? Like this is not a situation where it's a, oh, he's a super young guy. We can give him some time to develop. No, this is a guy who's already spent five years in college. Like when you think about the normal timeline for a player, he's probably got eight seasons in the NFL if he's lucky. Right. Like, yeah. At this point, I think it makes more sense to put him in the role of it's time to give up on Carson Wentz and start playing Jalen Hurts. I mean, well, he's a it, he's a winner too. He's a winning quarterback. Yeah, I don't know why you why you wouldn't look to him right now. Honestly, like you said, he's a fifth year. I think he was a fifth year senior. He transferred to Oklahoma. I'm fairly certain he's a fifth year senior. He was either a fifth year or a fourth year, and we know that two uh, Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes were not that. So I mean, you look at the the names on that list i mean patrick mahomes coming out of college wasn't a winner lamar jackson wasn't a winner Tua, i mean sure if you want to call him what he did winning i i mean yeah he was brought in what was it the sec championship game or was that when jalen hurts was brought in uh someone came in in an sec championship game against georgia i'm I'm forgetting the story right now 
Either way, Tua, Tua basically came off the bench and was handed a championship roster. Right. And they were like, here, just just stay afloat and we're going to win the national championship. I feel it like any like quarterback could do that. four years in college. Because he must have transferred after his junior year and then just did a senior year at Oklahoma. So he he graduated with a bachelor's in communication and information sciences in 2018. So that made him a graduate transfer, meaning that he was able to play immediately once he transferred. Okay. So he played he played four years in college, mm-hmm. which is still that's still more than the other guys, right? Like don't. Right. You, have to play what is it two years in college that you have to play or is it three Uh, um is it is it just age or is it years i'm not a thousand percent sure about this my roommate has now officially given me the word that it is in college for three college for three years and And red shirt sophomores count so yeah it's, it's just basically just be three years removed from high school essentially that makes sense yeah um but, yeah, I, if they don't go to Jalen Hurts next week, I mean, who are they playing next week? Uh, don't I say Packers? Oh, if, if it's they the play Packers. The Packers. That's, then never mind. Don't go to him. So so here, here's, yeah. here's the thing. That, that, that's the problem is, like, at this point, like, you, you have to put him in at some point. See if you get lucky and get, you know, like, say, maybe the Packers get an injury or a COVID case or something, right? Like, at that point... Like, you figure it out. But looking at the strength of remaining schedule right now. It's very strong. The football team is making the playoffs. Yeah. Like, out of that division, based on the remaining teams that every team has to play, like, the Giants realistically are probably going to lose four or five of their next five games. Right? The Cowboys defense cannot hold up. They will probably lose their next four games, maybe five. Then the Eagles, assuming that they don't go to Hertz, are probably going to lose their remaining games. And oh, by the way, their final game, week 17, is against the football team. Right. right? So when I look at the football team, they play the Steelers um, next week. Steelers on kind of short, uh, I think that's Monday night. No, that's a Sunday. It's a 2 p.m. game, which is just weird. That makes um, no sense. <laughs> it's on the 7th. Today is December, so that is a Monday game, right? Yeah, Monday night, Monday night football. Yeah. Well, it's Monday afternoon football, but um. Oh, is it? Did they they move the game back because they they, were going to play on Thursday? Well, they're playing on Wednesday now. Right, but they were gonna play. That game was supposed to be Thursday, so that would have been a one day turnaround. So they moved it to Monday afternoon. That makes sense. Okay, I'm confused. This says 5 p.m. I I, Eastern. I I mean West Coast time. So the Washington football website says. 5 p.m. Eastern. The NFL.com website says 2 p.m. <laughs> there will be a game on Monday, on Monday after 12 p.m. and before 12 a.m. Okay, somewhere I like, in I that like it like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, a good way to put it. But so they play. Well, getting back on track, they play the Steelers next week, right? Probably lose that game. Play the 49ers. 49ers haven't looked great this year. You have a chance to win that game. Probably not going to beat Seattle. Who the heck knows what's going to happen in the Carolina games? Carolina is all over the place this year. And then you play Philly. So realistically, football team loses next week, wins the week after, loses the next week, and then can win their next two games after that. They can end up with, what is that, eight wins, seven wins? 
Yeah. And then they win the division. Yeah. Seven wins wins you your division if you are in the NFL East right now. That sucks. Or NFC East. That sucks. That's yes. terrible. It is. That's terrible. All right, but yeah, I think the consensus between the two of us is uh, they're a little late to the party to go to Jalen Hurts now, now that we look at the schedule. I mean, a little bit, yeah, but this we'll talk about the Sunday night football game. But if you're throwing if you're throwing a new quarterback in against a team like that, I mean, the expectation has to be pretty low. I think you should have like they played the Browns a couple weeks ago. They played the Giants a couple weeks ago. They played the Cowboys. Put him in in a game like that. Like now you've waited so long that it's like, all right, so let's say they do decide to go to Jalen Hurts and they run into a defense like the Packers or they run into a team like the Saints that they're coming up with in a couple weeks. You run into a team like that and they're obviously that's not a method for success. You're not setting them up for a good game. So either a miracle happens or, you know, they're going in to a to a game three quarters of the way through the season against one of the conference's top teams. So they're late. Is basically the Eagles are a poorly run team. The Super Bowl was a fluke. They're a poorly run team. Carson Wentz sucks. Jalen Hurts is good. That's the consensus of the last 20 minutes. Shouldn't have let Nick Foles go. Right. Well, he's no picnic either. Um, yeah, he's still better than Wentz. Yeah. Sure. How many Super Bowls has Carson Wentz won you? Zero. How many Super Bowls has Nick Foles won you? One. Nick Foles is a quarterback that is good when he is the worst prepared guy in the room <laughs> they when they're like hey nick it's the third quarter it's snowing uh we're down by 24 we need you to come in that's when he thrives but if he knows he's starting a game and he knows the playbook and he's worked through it all week he's terrible yeah yeah you need to like like for the bears to be successful with nick Foles, they need to not tell him the playbook not tell him the weather Keep him locked in a small closet with a blindfold on all week and then just push shove him out onto the field on Sunday and just be like, go be you and he'll be great. But if he knows too much of the playbook and he knows too much about the other team's defense and the defensive formations, he's not good. He overthinks it. But uh, but yeah, so uh, the Seahawks won last night. Yes. (laughs) In short. All right. Let's talk about the Thanksgiving games. It was a mediocre slate of Thanksgiving games. And the icing on the cake was that the only entertaining game of the day got postponed and still hasn't been played. That was the icing on the cake for like, wow, this is 2020. This is Thanksgiving in 2020. The only exciting game, football game of the day, football, big Thanksgiving tradition. The only exciting game of the day has just been postponed to not Thanksgiving. So I had to sit through the Texans and the Lions and the Cowboys and the Washington football team. And man, did that suck. It was a little it was fine because I was betting and I won a lot of money. Uh, my cousin's boyfriend and I were betting a good amount together. That's all we did. Uh, but Texans and Lions, let's talk about it. This game sucks. Uh, this game sucked. Uh, these two teams. Awful. Matt Patricia, this was his last game in Detroit. We've been calling for it for a while, you and I, and it finally happened. The, 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 the Texans best, uh, won two the games best headline to come out of Thanksgiving was that Tex- or Lions fans have been donating to Deshaun Watson's charity for yeah. getting damaged, <laughs> which is fu- or Matt Patricia, excuse me, fired, which is funny as hell. So I don't remember like too much about this game. It was a while ago, um, but I'm pretty sure the Texans just kind of played better. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, when, when you have Deshaun Watson throwing to Will Fuller, rip my fantasy team on that one. But uh, when you have Deshaun Watson throwing, Will Fuller's got, you know, 
however many receptions he had and like three touchdowns or whatever it was, some like unbelievable stat line. It's going to be tough to beat him when you have a team as talent suffocated as the Lions are. I think that they should retract the victory for the Texans because Will Fuller was doing the drugs. Mm. (laughs) That's my take. I want to know what he was taking, though. Didn't someone else go down today, too, from the Texans? Uh, I'm not sure. I think another player from the Texans got suspended for 68. Bradley Roby. No way. Something weird going on in the Houston organization. They've lost so much that they were like, we might as well just start juicing up and taking steroids because no one would notice. And then they won two games, and then two of their most talented position players on offense and defense are suspended for the rest of the year. That's that's actually ridiculous. Corrupt league or corrupt organization? I didn't realize he was still in the league, to be honest. Bradley Roby? Yeah. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> he used to be nasty in, like, Madden 16. Yeah. On, uh, on what, the Broncos? Yeah, his mutt card. Yeah. 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 I had him. But, no, I didn't know he was in. I thought he was still with the Broncos until the Patriots played them, and they were like, oh, Roby. And I was like, yep. oh, my God, that must be Bradley Roby's, 100%. like, brother. 100%. And then it was Bradley Roby. I'm like, whoa, how's he doing? Clearly not well. He just got suspended. But the Texans have won two games in a row. I think we all know why. And um, I don't know. This game was kind of boring. Uh, For a Thanksgiving game, the, the the Lions play every Thanksgiving. I think the NFL needs to do a better job scheduling Thanksgiving games. Like you, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter making the argument like, oh, well, they schedule the games before the season. It's like, yeah, no shit. So, you know, know how the teams are going to be doing or what their records are going to be. That's all good and fun. When did anybody in the NFL scheduling office sit down in like whenever they make the schedule and say the Texans and the Lions are going to be good in 2020? Well, realistically, this happened before DeAndre Hopkins got traded. So the expectation you know, they were they were terrible when he was on the team. Well, this, they, they made were, the playoffs last year like they were a good right, playoff a team. team. Yeah. And they yeah, uh, I wouldn't so call them a good playoff team. That's very generous. Um, <laughs> But my my thing with the Thanksgiving games is I think part of it is coming down to the Cowboys and the Lions just being unsuccessful or at least inconsistent as of late. Um, Be it, you know, in the Lions case, it's a lack of talent in the Cowboys case. It's just a, you know, bad injuries and stuff. So I think that the best way to do it moving forward would be you still have three games on Thanksgiving but instead of doing the Lions host a game, the Cowboys host a game, and then there's another random game, I think we should do the Lions and Cowboys play each other every Thanksgiving so that you still have that tradition. And then you have them alternate who hosts each year. I like and then your other two games are just the two best matchups that you can create for Thanksgiving. I think that there are still teams that like historically who have played on Thanksgiving that are good. Um, I mean, gone are the days that you see the Packers playing gone are the days that you see the bears playing gone are the days that you see the Vikings playing. I feel like let's throw back some of those teams that were like had those big Thanksgiving games and let's, let's throw them into the mix. Like a Packers bears on Thanksgiving. The game was this week. You couldn't have like switched Sunday night football with the the Ravens and Steelers game, maybe, right. and then just had the Packers and Bears play on Thanksgiving. Like, that would have been exciting to watch. 
well, it probably would have been a better too, game, too. Like, when you think about it, the Patriots, over a span of 20 years, made, I think, more conference championships than years that they didn't make conference championships. Yeah. Guess how many times the Patriots played on Thanksgiving over the 20-year span? Once, and they played the Jets. They played three times. Really? I don't know who they played, but they played three times. But that's still, uh, clearly it's bigger than what you just said, but it's way more, or way less than they probably should have had for one of the biggest football teams. One of the most successful year. teams, yeah. Like, like when, you, when you think about it, like, what does the NBA do with Christmas? And I've been seeing this all over the place now where people are saying, like, NBA Christmas Day is greater than NFL Thanksgiving. And that's because the NFL likes to stick with their tradition, whereas the NBA is just like, screw it, give me the best stars you can. Right. right? Like it's Nick Celtics with Mello and Amari and you got KG and Paul Pierce on the other side. Right. It's LeBron and the Cavs against Steph and the Warriors, which have always been good games. It's I mean, I don't even know what the slate is this year, but it's like the Lakers going against the Clippers. Right. Like that type of thing where it's like these teams that are going to be competing come playoff time with the big name stars and granted it's a different you know league right because like when you watch basketball if there are two star players playing you're more enticed to watch that game than you are if it's a football game and two star players playing right like if someone told you that lebron james and a bunch of people you didn't know their names were was going to play a basketball game against Steph Curry and a bunch of scrubs. You would still watch that game. But if I told you that Tom Brady and a bunch of dudes that you don't know is going to play a football game against Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of dudes you don't know, I don't know that you're necessarily watching that game. Yeah, I, I agree with the with the logic. Here's the one thing I'll say is that the NFL knows we're going to watch no matter what. That's fair. Christmas Day isn't like it's not like oh my god christmas basketball like that's been like something of like a new introduction in the nba world is having games on christmas day and i watch them but i don't associate christmas day with basketball if i'm not watching basketball i'm opening presents i'm you know that that thanksgiving and football are like tied together like if you're not watching football on thanksgiving what are you going to watch the dog show you're going to watch the parade like no if hey, you're don't a football slander fan, the dog show. The dog show oh my is God. the, the best dog show is so pathetic. It's Dude, funny to watch. One dog, <laughs> there was one dog who went through the obstacle course in like 12 seconds, and it was unbelievable. And they've got this thing set up where it's like 10 posts, right? And they got to weave in between the posts. And the cameraman did an awesome job getting the angle. And he's just got his camera like. <laughs> Even with the ground, You're so into it, dude. We, we watch it every year, and we it, it's more <laughs> fun when you have a dog because it's like you watch your dog watching the other dogs. But the camera angle was directly at the the post, right? So you realistically can only see like one post, but you just see the dog freaking weaving back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's the funniest. Uh, yeah, it's world funny. Ball. Yeah, but like Thanksgiving Day, no matter who you are. Um, you're watching football. Like my, my, I was at my cousin's house. Um, they don't know football. Uh, they don't like, they have, they don't know anything about it. My cousin's boyfriend and I were on the couch the whole day watching football and they were watching that. My cousins were like watching too, pretending like they cared about the game. That's just like what it is. It's like the Super Bowl. Everyone watches the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. You're, what are you going to like? Go see a movie? No, you watching the Super Bowl. That's just what you do. Christmas Day, however, 
it, it wouldn't be a rarity to catch a lot of people not watching the NBA. That's all I'll say about it is the NFL knows that we're going to watch Thanksgiving football no matter what. So there is a sort of thing where it's like, we'll deal with it because we, you know, it's not like we're going to boycott watching the games because we don't like the two teams. Like the games are still going to be played. We're still going to watch them. We're still going to throw some money on them. We're still going to have players in fantasy in the games. We'll watch them. I just I remember like being a little bit younger when like Steelers Ravens. Then we were supposed to have it this year. I'll give it to the NFL. Steelers Ravens was a big one. Packers Bears was a big one. Um, I, I'm for, I'm blanking on some of the other teams. Uh, even a couple years ago, Saints Falcons was a big one. Panthers played the Lions maybe when Cam Newton did his dance. I don't remember. It was it was the year that the Panthers made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, Cam Newton played on Thanksgiving. Th- those were better games than this year. This year was like awful. It, it meant nothing. For the Lions and the Texans, it meant a lot for the Cowboys and the Washington football team. But like it was it wasn't an, an entertaining game to watch just because there were no like big hitters and uh, across those two teams. Like the biggest name in that game was Amari Cooper. Probably right. Chase Young. I don't know. There, yeah. You didn't have Dak Prescott running the show. Ezekiel Elliott fumbled again and then got like replaced by Tony Pollard. Amari Cooper was the only one who like did something. Yeah. So it looks like. In 2015, they played the Cowboys mm. and won 33 to 14. That was a good game. I mean, not a good game based on the score, but it was entertaining. Yeah. I remember, was it, I think it was 20, maybe the year the Falcons went to the Super Bowl, if you can check this too. The Saints and the Falcons played on Sunday night, and then there were two games going on during the day that were really good too. So the year that the Falcons went to the Super Bowl? I think Bowl? it would have been 27. I'll look up Thanksgiving. No, it wasn't 2017. 18, maybe? Yeah, 2018. How do you not? Dude, that's a 28 to 3 game. How do you not remember the exact year? No, the, that game was played in 2017. This must have been the that year was after. Tw- Wait, what? Oh, yeah, so I, was, I was a freshman at Marble and High. You Oh, so you messed up the... Um, the year with the Falcons. Yeah, it wasn't the it year that they. It was the next year. Bears, Lions, Cowboys, Washington, and Falcons, Saints. Oh shit! It was. I, that was a good slate of games because Bears, yeah. Lions is competitive, and uh, that game was decided by a touchdown. Cowboys and football team was competitive as well, <laughs> and then Saints, Falcons was the Thursday night game, and that was really good. Right. I'm just saying, NFL, next year, let me schedule the games for you guys. I think (laughs) I would do a great job. Here's what I think. Defending Super Bowl champion automatically should play on Thanksgiving. I like that. I mean, that's kind of what you get with with NBA Christmas Day, right? Like, normally it's the two teams that played in the NBA championship. I th- yeah, so like either a rematch, but I mean, I guess Chiefs 49ers isn't doesn't scream Thanksgiving to me for some reason. Have have well, part of that too is this year because you know Bosa went down and no, I mean that I mean that that'd be like a good game. I just I feel like those two teams aren't like Thanksgiving y enough. I don't know. That makes sense. I feel like, like Chiefs would be good. I like Chiefs Packers would be a enticing. Yeah, something game. like that. I'd like to yeah just automatically have the defending Super Bowl champion play against somebody and then have the Lions play because it's a tradition and then throw in like one like classic rivalry game like the Steelers and Ravens was a good call for this year if the game was going to happen that was right. a good 
because that's like a good like that reminds me of Thanksgiving. That reminds me of Jacoby Jones running up the sideline and Mike Tomlin standing in the way looking at the scoreboard. That's what that reminds me of. But yeah, that was Thanksgiving. Um, Not great, not horrible. It was still something to watch, but, you know, it was what it was. All right. Let's get into Sunday. These are where we made our picks. Sunday NFL pick them. The first game was the Bills and the Chargers. I'm convinced that Anthony Lynn is the worst play caller of all time. Um, There was you had three at the end of the game. They were down by 10. You had three options. If you were Anthony Lynn, they had a big hitting play and they went down to the five yard line down by 10 uh, with like less than a minute left. You could either hike the ball really quickly and take a shot at the end zone. I guess you have two options. You can hike the ball really quickly and run a play, take a shot at the end zone in the air, or you spike it. What did Anthony Lynn do? He ran the ball up the middle for like a loss. Sounds they like the Patriots no here on third and long. They had no timeouts. First and goal with the time ticking. You you basically had to score either on that possession on that play or like in that red zone possession, basically, if you wanted a shot at the game down by ten. Or you could kick the field goal and then go for the onside kick and give yourself a chance at a Hail Mary. He ran the ball and didn't score. Might be the worst. The Chargers, Carp said this the other day, and he put it perfectly. The Chargers are the best, worst team of all time. They're so talented, and they have so many pieces, and they're, like, playing well. I'm convinced Anthony Lynn was, like, confused because they're usually not in games like that. Yeah. They're usually, they don't usually have a shot to come back and win a game. He's probably like, oh, well, what the hell do I do? Just run the ball, run the ball. And he didn't know how to game plan at all. Terrible, terrible, terrible game plan. I don't think they're going to win anyway, but it just looked weird. Uh, I picked the Bills because the Bills are like the best team in the AFC, in my opinion. I picked the Bills not because I think that they're the best team in the AFC. I just picked them because I didn't think the Chargers would win this game. I mean, the Bills are on top of the AFC East for a reason, right? They're they're winning games. They're playing well. So I, I didn't see a way that they were going to lose this game. That's fair enough. Very, very fair. All right. Um, next game was Titans and Colts. The word of the day is Derek Flippin Henry. Mm. Wow. What that line? He he. I'm can. Is it is it is it? Did he fumble? Or? He lost a fumble, right? Did he? Oh no, not Derek. Sorry, I I mixed up Derek Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dalvin Cook did. No, so Derek Henry. Had like 140 rushing yards and three touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah, it's not as impressive as his total last week or whatever the tight, uh, the, the, whatever the last game that they went to OT was. He was uh, had like 200 plus rushing yards or something ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't know, but um, I think it's safe. Is it safe to call him an MVP candidate right now? I. I personally would call him an MVP candidate, but I think it's going to be a time before a running back wins the MVP. I think it should be this year. If there's any year to make a case, if they give it to like Patrick Mahomes, no. Russell Wilson lost out on it. He started to slide. Josh Allen's name is like bubbling in the conversation. I think this is the year to give it to Derrick Henry, especially because he heats up after the halfway point of the season. And it's very clear, like these next few weeks, he'll be like over 200 yards and like four scores every game. 
I think Man. we need to give it to him. He is someone who, in my opinion, kind of like re redefined his game post college. Right. Wasn't there a time like first couple years where he was like struggling a little bit? I don't think that he was necessarily as ridiculous until his second or third year in the league. Right. Yeah. There was like there was like a one or two year gap after he left Alabama and came to the NFL where and this could be too good. He was on the Titans the whole time, right? Yes. Yeah. And the Titans were bad, too. So I'll give him that. There was like a there was a gap where he wasn't like great, but he wasn't like I remember like watching him. I think he was on my fantasy team and just being frustrated because he couldn't break out for big rushes. And he was like, and I think that was like rookie year and then maybe a sophomore too. Um, and then he's just, he's exploded. He's a man rocket in my opinion. He is a man rocket. I want to get the tail just like he has. It's a sick looking haircut. Mm. Uh, just the armadillo tail out of the back. I think I could personally, I think I could rock it. Um, the dreads you mean? Yeah. The really thick tail that comes out of the back of his helmet. Yeah, you know, that's, that's he's fair. got he's got dreadlocks, but he's got it all like bunched up. Yeah, he's got it together and like tied up with like elastic bands. So it's one tail. Right. That's what I want. Yeah, I think, what, that, that's a little thing called like cultural appropriation is generally frowned upon for a white person to do that. No, I mean, I think like I have long hair. I could definitely do something like that. Like if I worked at it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I think you got to be a special kind of person to pull that off. Well, I am a special kind of person. Well, but... yeah, you're special. <laughs> but yeah, I think that I honestly think that it's time to put Derrick Henry's name in the MVP conversation. I've got him as my front runner right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Russ is still going to get the hype just because I think people are finally like, all right, this dude's never gotten an MVP vote. We might as well just give him the MVP. I mean, like, Let's be honest here. Other than Eric Henry, like, is there really anyone else who really deserves it? Like, other than, no. like, yeah, like, when you think about it from quarterback perspective, like, it's got to be Russ. I, I don't think that I put Pat Mahomes. I don't think it's got. I think they're going to give it to Patrick Mahomes because that's just how the NFL works. I don't think Russ is going to get it. If it goes to a quarterback, I think it's going. Oh, they definitely would. They love Patrick Mahomes. You kidding me? Uh, they, they. Would if it goes to a quarterback, it's going to go to Patrick Mahomes. I am. I will do everything in my power to to. I don't know how I need to do this to get the word out there that Derrick Henry is the MVP frontrunner and that he deserves it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Maybe this podcast is a great start. This is my outlet. Derrick Henry, MVP frontrunner. He deserves it. There's no player. You can't tell me this. There's no player that's been more dominant at his position than Derrick Henry. I can't pinpoint a player who has just, you know, week in and week out been been so consistent and been so dominant that he's one of those players that like you just can't stop. There's no formula yeah. for him. There's no, there's formulas the too, for it's like, other players, not him. Like there are um like when you think of like like Vaughn Miller or JJ Watt, right? Like I feel like there are so many special defensive ends, right? Like you think about DeAndre Hopkins, there are, you know, there's Julio Jones. There's a lot of special wide receivers. You don't really see running backs in today's NFL 
other than Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry that are at their level. Like, obviously, there are good running backs and good, like, star-level running backs, but those guys are so separated from the pack. And then you see Henry, and, like, it's clearly a two-horse race between Henry and Cook, and Henry still manages to separate himself from Cook. Right. Derrick Derek Henry, in my opinion, he he needs it. He deserves it. Um, he deserves it for good years, too. He hasn't just been dominant, like, this year. Like, last yeah. year, too. Last year, he really, like, established himself as, like, probably, in my opinion, the best running back in the league. Um, yeah. Derrick Henry for MVP. But Titans win this one. That was a major shakeup, too. Uh, they kind of solidified the division for themselves right there. Um, over the Colts, who, you know, whoever won that game was kind of winning the division. Um, more so if the Colts had won, because they would have beaten the Titans twice in the year. Um, but I like the Titans. I didn't love them last year. Uh, I didn't buy into the hype. I'm buying into the hype this year. I think they're a good team. I think they're a very good team. Um, Tannehill's not not a stud, but he's 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 a consistently middle-of-the-pack quarterback. Um, they have two tight ends as wide receivers in Corey Davis and AJ Brown. And then they've got Derrick Henry Hossman. So do I like this offense? No, I love this offense. I think they're going deep in the playoffs. AFC championship game again. Yeah. I mean, they, they could, they really genuinely could. Yeah. I think it, it has to do with, you know, what the chiefs look like at the end of the year. Um, and the Bills as well. It's it's all a seeding thing at this point. Because, like, I feel like Bills-Titans could very easily end up being a divisional round matchup. And yeah. I'm not convinced that the Titans come out of that one. I'd see, that's that, that'd be a very good game. Because I think the Bills... I don't know. We haven't seen enough of them in the playoffs to really, yeah. they could be, they could be one of those teams. That's like, Oh my God, they're insane in the regular season. I E the Baltimore Ravens and then show up in the playoffs and just absolutely choke. Um, right. We don't know. I mean, they lost in the playoffs last year to the Texans. So what are we looking at for this year? The bills well, are going to win. They're a different team this year. I think like Josh Allen was not playing nearly as well last year as he has been this year. Right. Yeah, I mean, I and guess you also they're inexperienced have, in the playoffs, and I think the Titans are more experienced in the playoffs. You didn't have Diggs last year. Yeah, that's true, and he's a game changer. Yeah. That would be a very good game. Like, that would be a coin toss for me. Um, and I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But Titans really established themselves at the top of the AFC South this past weekend. They beat the, the Colts 45-26. to 26. We both had Titans in that one. Next game, Vikings. Panthers Vikings pulled off a miracle without their number one guy on offense Adam Thielen they beat the Panthers by a one um Joey Sly Mr. Consistent missed a kick bad missed a game-winning kick and Justin Jefferson I think should be rookie of the year another hot take you know giving an award to a non-quarterback Justin Jefferson is exciting he is exciting got another touchdown this weekend if the Chargers win out, I give it to Herbert. But if they don't, oh, well, that I got to happen. agree. Yeah, no, obviously, like I'm, it's not gonna happen. If they did win out, I would give it to Herbert. But yeah, no, I feel like the Jefferson's got Herbert a pretty lot. But you know. like, I'm the biggest Herbert guy. But at a certain point, you just have to just sit there and say, look, 
this team's no good and he's not he's not making them like insane you know what i'm saying yeah i think that justin jefferson is a reason why the vikings have kind of turned their offense around is because he started to produce and we talked about that as an issue was there was no target how freaking good they would be if they had jefferson and Diggs and Thielen. oh my god that would be like monstrous and dalvin cook and they kept case keenum those would be your super bowl champions for sure for sure for sure. I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship without Dalvin Cook wasn't on that team yet, right? I don't believe so. Or if he was, he wasn't playing nearly as well as he is. I right don't now. think he was. Well, is this his second year? No, in wait, the yeah, no. Jared McKinnon was their starting running back. McKinnon. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was Case Keenum, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen and Jared McKinnon. And Kyle Rudolph was like still a good tight end. He's not that good anymore. Yeah. Um, But the Vikings found a way to get it done. Without Adam Thielen, there was a video of Adam Thielen watching the game at home. It was awesome. The Vikings are five and six. Don't count them out either. Don't count them out yet either. Um, I know it's a tall order, but their offense is clicking. This is what we were calling for early in the year. We were like, why isn't this offense clicking? They are so good on paper. Kind of the same thing with the Cowboys. They are so good on paper. Why are they not clicking? And it took spreading the ball around Kirk Cousins needed to find more guys to throw to it wasn't just hammering Adam Thielen and ironically enough throwing the ball to Adam Thielen less has actually gotten him more yards yeah that's right no that that makes sense they yeah no I follow in the first few weeks they only threw to Adam Thielen And it was the easiest defensive read ever. Now that they stopped only throwing to Adam Thielen, he's actually getting more production, which is ironic, but it's true. So I wish the best for the Vikings. We both had, you did not go with your Panthers this week. I did not. I, I, I just kind of said, you know, I feel like I I was, my thought with it was a little bit like, Dalvin Cook's probably going to make an impact, and it seems like Justin Jefferson just gets better every week. I mean, they made it a close game. Like, this was by no means a blowout, you know, one-point game. So, but, the I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, the Vikings have three turnovers. Yeah. Which is impressive in a win. And so, I mean, I don't, the, the Panthers, especially, I don't think Bridgewater played this week, or if he did, he, he was he out did. last, he was out last week. So it was kind of a, he was out last week and the kid from the XFL played and he was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then they, they went back to Teddy two gloves this week and they lost. Yeah. I just didn't think that Bridgewater really was going to have the best game. Just given that he was coming off of an injury, but if you want to, um, if you want to go with, Continuing the theme of my uh, my little like streaks that I like to go on. Yeah. Let's talk about the Patriots, who I picked to win against the Texans last week, and then they lost. So I went back to my train <laughs> of I'm always picking against the Patriots, and they won. So and basically, lost, yeah. and then you lost. Yeah. I am going to continue doing this because I am happier <laughs> when the Patriots win and I pick against them than I am when I pick them and they lose. That's odd because I think I just took the lead on the season pick them again this week. Did you did you beat me last week and this week by that much that you I think so. The lead? No, I think so. I was down by like three games. and I think in the past three weeks, I've just beaten you on one game. We've only like disagreed so on one then. game. I know you have to double check the standings. Maybe, yeah, I'll do it tonight. I'm not sure if we're tied. We're either tied or I'm either up one. 
Um, we're pretty good week for both of us this week. I'm pretty sure I did yeah. math. I was nine and three, which if you pick the Patriots means that you were nine and two. So ten and two. Yeah. Or ten and two. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I picked the Patriots because let's talk about the Patriots for a second. Uh, they just when you think they're done and they're, you know, their backs are against the ropes. They're they're pinned in the corner. They're taking a lot of shots. Just when you want to count them out, they come back and they give you all the hope in the world. And I was saying to myself when I was sitting down to pick this game, you know how big I am on the Cardinals. You know, I love the Patriots. These were like these are my two teams. I sat down and I said to myself, this game is at Gillette. They lost to the Texans last week. I'm noticing a pattern that they are winning games that they're not supposed to and losing games that they're not supposed to lose. So I said against my better judgment. I'm going to pick the Patriots. And this is before I even knew that you picked Cardinals. I kind of thought you were going to pick Patriots for some reason. Um, I was like, I just, I, I caught onto the pattern and I didn't know that you were going to as well. I just figured that they had to win this game and they came out and they proved me right. And they won the game. So what does it mean for the Patriots? A little glimmer of light. There is still a chance. And the good news is we win the tie break against a bunch of the teams that we would need to surpass you need well, to win out. You need to win out. So here's the thing. He, here's the thing. We, they're going to we, lose next week. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've got the Chargers next week, right? So we can actually beat the Chargers. Like, that's realistic. That's a thing that can happen. So let's say week 13, we beat the Chargers. Week 14, we play the Rams. That's the Rams win. seem to be an up-and-down team. We were talking about them as being a sneaky good team at the beginning of the season. Now it just seems like they're a bad good team, right? Yeah. So they can kind of beat the Rams. So, but we'll, we'll mark that down as a loss just for conservative projections here. Well, if right? they lose, they're done. If they lose, they end the season nine and seven because the, the rest of their season is Dolphins, Bills, Jets, right? So yeah, if but, they lose I mean, to the, the Rams, Bills. they're nine and seven. Well, but we can beat the Bills, right? So next week. Bills play the 49ers. That's probably a win for them, right? Yeah. Then they play the Steelers. That could be a loss. Then they play the Broncos. Probably a win. Then they play the Patriots. That could be a loss. If they lose to the Patriots and Miami comes up with one of those week 17 games that it seems like they have every single year. I think the Patriots might end up with the tiebreaker in that situation and they would win the division. How really? wild would that be? That would. Yeah. For the Patriots to win the division outright like that would be wild. I here's what here's how I look at the 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 end of the season. I think your two biggest tests are the Bills and the Dolphins. I am not scared by the yes. Chargers, even though like I feel like they could lose the game because they lost to the Texans. Um, I'm not scared by the Rams. I think the Bills and the Dolphins are your two biggest tests coming down the stretch, especially because that's ending the season too. The thing about the Patriots, and you do more and more of this as the season has gone on, it really sucks that they couldn't have won some of those close games that it they does. were supposed to. Because you look at it right now, you beat the Seahawks and you beat the like even if you beat the Broncos and you beat the Texans, completely different season. Throw in Cam doesn't fumble. Throw in Cam scores at the two-yard line against the Seahawks. Completely different season right now. They're talking about us as Super Bowl favorites at that point. If you, What are we, five and six? You, if, if the Patriots win all four of those games, they'd be nine and two. 
We'd be nine and two. We'd be like the favorites out of the AFC. Exactly. That's why I'm saying don't count this team out. I am not counting that we are mathematically eliminated from contention. I will never count them out. I've just looked at it, and the Patriots. So, if the Patriots win out and the Bills lose those games, so so if the Bills lose to the Dolphins and they lose to who is the other team I said that they could lose to? Rams. The Rams. Forty Niners. Or Forty Niners. Forty Niners. Forty Niners. No Steelers. Steelers. Oh. It's yeah. Steelers, Patriots, Dolphins. If they lose to all three of those teams, the and the Patriots win out, the Patriots would have one loss in the division and the bills would have two. And I'm pretty sure that the division records, the tiebreaker when it comes to playoffs, I think you're right. And so the Patriots have the tiebreaker on that. Well, it's, it's head to head and then it'd be division. It'd be tied one to one. So then it's division. The Patriots would have at a minimum one less loss than the Bills in the division. And at that point, There's, Patriots get the tiebreaker and win the AFC East. It's going to take a miracle, but... It, it would be a miracle, but it's not outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, who, who knows? What, say, um, what happens if Diggs goes down? What happens if Josh Allen goes down, right? Like, these are things that can happen. It's, it's going to be a very totally interesting race. Right? I'm hyped that we're covering it. I am hyped. Yes. Like, oh, my God, this is going to be fun to talk about for the next few weeks, all the way up until um, basically the playoffs we have like, until week 17. And is when we're like going to know if the Patriots make the playoffs or not, most likely. And then yeah. if they make it, we've got even more. So. Excited. But, yeah, Patriots snuck away with a victory against the Cardinals in people were like calling it a good game. I didn't think it was that good of a game. Uh, no, I didn't either. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good way to manage was, a very bad game, but it, it was um, to me, it was good and entertaining when the Patriots needed stops. Right, yeah. like the, the Patriots' defense played out of their minds in this game. Like there were so many drives where. They should have given up big plays or they should have given up touchdowns or what have you. And they still managed to figure it out. And I mean, how about the offense cover it? Like, granted, statistically, they didn't look that great. But you look at the air quotes blindside block. That was a terrible call. Look. I understand calling that a penalty. I don't understand calling it a blindside block. That's what got me because he was clearly standing directly in front of him. Yeah, but so it was not a blindside block. He was looking right at him. But also, yeah. I don't I don't like the call because they were saying, oh, well, he's going back towards the, other, you know, How his own end zone. A block? What, well, what did you? Yeah. What what is the football play there? People are like, oh, he just needs to stand there. Then he gets run over. Yeah, exactly. So the the only thing I see is if he slows down and then doesn't run past the Cardinals player, if he slows down and runs equal with him and then pushes him over and keeps running with him and directs him away. But that's not a play that you can really like. You're not thinking I'm going to take a penalty by stopping and hitting this dude. Like, that's not something that you think of when you say like, like, Think about it. If he had already established his position and I mean, any block that gets made is back like on a um, 
on like a run play when you think about it, or you know running back towards the line of script like yeah. when you're blocking you have to set it up that way you're supposed to be in between your guy and the blocker otherwise she's gonna be able to run free and get your guy like it doesn't like logistically make sense for him to not have made the block from that side unless he makes it from the side but you get that touchdown on the punt return um or kick return um uh, called back, and then they still manage to drive down the field. Granted, you wish they got a touchdown, but they get the field goal, right? And then they come back, and I think it was either the next drive or the drive after, they get a touchdown, right? And then they give up, I want to say, do they give up a field goal after that? Or I think they give up a field goal after that, and that made it 17-17, and then you have the final drive of the game when Cam looks pretty good, I, I would say, on that last drive of the game. I thought he looked good. I thought he was making good reads, better last, reads than he had. On the very last drive, yeah. Yeah, I better reads than he had been making for the entire game before that. But I thought defensively the Patriots played extremely well. They were very entertaining to watch on that side of the ball. Other than that, it was a little bit, like, before the second half, it was a little bit iffy. Yeah, um, I don't I don't love the call. Um, I think that it was one of those situations where, it was a blow up hit yeah. and it was a big hit. So it looked bad, but it, it, it looked textbook to me. Really it looked pretty clean. Yeah. Um, could have been costly to the Patriots had they ended up losing the game. Cause that was, I, I, yeah, I was gonna say, I would have been more mad about it if they ended up losing. Yeah. Them. I mean, we can look at it and say like, all right, bad call, but we, we fought through it and won. So that's fine. But Patriots walk away with the win 20 to 17 in this one. Not the best game in the world. Not the worst game in the world either. All right, next game, Browns and Jaguars. Um, back in week two of the NFL, I think, uh, bigger sports, I've talked about this on like every podcast, and it's just a weekly reminder, a bigger sports media account asked to use one of our posts, repost one of our posts, and I said, sure, uh, as long as you give us credit. So they did, and they posted it, and they said, like, you know, via at TBR Sports, whatever. Someone from that, who saw that post came to our account and commented like not following you, whatever thought we had paid for promo, which is not what happened. Uh, we had just, you know, someone wanted to use one of our posts and re-uploaded it or reposted it and gave us credit. So the person who came and commented and started, you know, shitting on us was a Jaguars fan page. So I clapped back at them and I said, I hope you enjoy one in 15. This is when they were one and oh, I said, I hope you enjoy one in 15. Um, they have not won a game since I have put a curse on the Jacksonville Jaguars every single week. They lose. I DM this account and I ask him how he's doing and he hasn't responded to me at all. They have not won a game since that comment was made. I'm making T-shirts that I'm putting on the TBR store with a picture of that comment on the front. They awesome. I cursed him. I, I officially cursed the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was the closest they've been to winning a game in like two and a half months. And I came in with the magic wand, huzzah, and I made sure that they didn't win the game. Baker's dozen, Baker Mayfield, great actor, mediocre quarterback. He got it done for the Cleveland Browns. Browns won this game by two. That's actually insane. And we both picked the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, it was pretty obvious to me that they were going to win the game. I don't really know how it would be anything else. Like, yeah, it was weirdly close. <laughs> I don't because they went to Glenn on. 
they got rid of Jake Lutton and they queued in Mike Glennon. And uh, I guess that was like, I don't know, exciting for them. They still didn't win because they suck. And they're going to go one in 15. So every yeah. week I'm going to come back and remind everybody that I've per- put a curse on the Jaguars. I put a curse on them back in early September. Uh, it's still hanging around. They still haven't won a game. What are they? One in 10 now? One in nine, one in ten. Yeah. They're one in how many ever weeks it's been since that happened. One in ten. That's terrible. That's like almost as bad as the New York Jets. <laughs> almost. Almost. Almost as bad as the New York Jets. Um, but yeah, Browns win. Speaking of the Jets, they played the Dolphins. And they got pumped by 17. They yep. couldn't even score a touchdown. Not surprising. What was funny, I was watching the game, was it was like fourth and one in the red zone for the Jets early on in the game. And they line up for a kick and all the commentators are like, what do you have to lose at this point? And I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, agreed. Like, what do you have to lose? You, They were down yeah. by 10, I think. I think they were down by 10. They bring in this new kicker who they like just signed. He's never kicked like an, an NFL like he's never kicked in an NFL game before. He looks like he's. 11 going on 12 and he comes in and he misses the kick Murphy's law. And it was just so New York jets. Yes, it was so New York jets for them to be down by 10 in the first quarter, fourth and one in the red zone and to send out the brand new kicker. And then he missed it. So they put up a whopping three points against the dolphins dolphins win. I don't like how much hype the Miami dolphins are getting. Mm Hmm. I don't think they're as good as people are like, oh, the Dolphins, the Tua. Um, they're not that good. Their defense has just been winning them games. Their defense is good, and I'll give them that. But I don't think the Dolphins as a whole are that good. No, I think that's fair. I mean, their defense is certainly better than it was last year, but it's kind of hard to not be better than last year when they were the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah. Right? Like... That's very true. That's actually a great statement. Um, but yeah, Dolphins won that game 20 to three. The Dolphins for like the first time ever are, are like have a winning record. <laughs> and like they're in contention for the division too, even though everybody's counting them out. Right. Yeah. They might be there. Who knows? All right. Another, another game that absolutely nobody cared about giants bangles. Um, the giants won. I think we both have the giants. Yeah. Yeah. Not much to say about that game. I think the Giants are going to win the division. Um, I had them winning. You had them winning. That's that's pretty much it. All right. Next game. Raiders Falcons. This one shocked everybody. What happened? Um, what happened was Matt Ryan managed to have an offense score 43 points and still suck at fantasy with don't. Go- Without Julio Jones playing. Yeah. They beat the Raiders. I came on this podcast and I said the Raiders were going to win out. When I made that statement, I didn't think that the Falcons were going to give them any issues at all. But somehow, the Atlanta Falcons managed to have their best offensive game of the year against a team in the AFC that's like, hey, they can be pretty good. Like, come playoff time, this team is like... They're all right. Darren Waller's the best tight end in the NFL right now, in my opinion. 
Derek Carr's having one of the best. I Kelsey above him, but I get what you're saying. Right. Um, Derek Carr is having one of his best seasons ever. Yeah. Uh, Josh Jacobs running back, great running back. How many games have the Raiders won since you said they were going to win out? Uh, let me check. They've won, like, maybe two. No. they Okay, so I made it before... I want to say they had three losses when you said that. Three wins, two losses. Three wins, two losses. I said it before the Browns. I said it after. Oh, no. Sorry. I said it before the Buccaneers game. So, one, three losses and three wins. It's been six six weeks. Tough. So, yikes. Yeah. But, but, though, I did walk it back after they lost to the Buccaneers. No, I I know. I remember. Browns were going to. And then I was back. I'm all over the place on the Raiders. They... Proved me. They they let me down again this week. Uh, we both picked the Raiders, right? I mean, uh, who, yes. who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a bad loss for the Raiders. All right. Next game: Saints Broncos. The Broncos played without a quarterback. I mean, they scored more points than I thought they would. I wasn't really three. super <laughs> optimistic about the chances of scoring points. I, I thought, was giving him three. I mean, Brandon I, McManus I thought, has got a leg. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was more likely that they got a safety, honestly. Like, if I were to bet money, I would have been more, like, comfortable betting that they score two points than three. I think it's a little cheesy that the NFL had them play that game. Given that yeah, they postponed yeah. the Ravens and the Steelers game about 20 times now. They, they, it was, it, it's a little unfair. I don't, I don't understand what the fan. grounds for postponing a game and what the grounds for making teams just deal with it are. Because in my mind, if your entire quarterback room is close contact, that means probably your entire O-line room would have to be close contact. Right. Right. Like, and you would imagine the running backs are going to be close contact as well. Like, I'm I'm confused as to how it was just the quarterback room that was affected by this, uh, affected by this. And it what you know, Philip Lindsay played Melvin Gordon. If he isn't injured, I don't really follow the Broncos all that closely. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> played like. I have a great, something's um, weird about how this goes on. Like, I don't understand. To, like, to me, it doesn't make sense that Lamar Jackson tests positive, and then I don't know who else is on the COVID list now. I, I mean, Mark Andrews is on the COVID list now for the Ravens. But other than that, I don't really know who's on the COVID list for them that's stopping them from playing this game. I mean, granted, I think the Steelers started to have a couple of guys test positive, so there's a little bit of, uh, you know, it's a little bit more spread out. So maybe their definition for it's time to postpone a game is COVID cases on both sides. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I have a great proposal for the NFL. If, if you were keen on that game being played this weekend, here's what I think should be a rule in the NFL. I think you should be allowed to call up a quarterback from a college football team in your state. On emergency basis, NCA like wouldn't this. allow that. That's the only issue. Oh well, we we would work with them to 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 allow it. No, um, see, see, what I think needs to happen is they need to have a player pool. They need to have a pool yeah. of guys that is getting tested and is in quarantine. You're telling me that they couldn't have taken Kaepernick for a game? Like really? Right. 
Well, like kind of how we did it with wiffle ball, where we had just a pool of players who weren't on a team right. that we could just snag at any time. Yeah. Right. Like, like you're telling me that Colin Kaepernick or, I mean, who, who else is kind of like a. Is Tyrod on it? Right. Oh, no. Tyrod. Um, Tyrod's not, injured. Not Tyrod. Who's the other one who's like Tyrod? Who played for the Bills who got punched in the face? Manuel? Oh, yeah. EJ Manuel's probably around. He's pretty good. Yeah. Cardell Jones. I don't know if he's still on a team. Oh, yeah. He's like, on the XFL. He was in the XFL. Ryan Mallett maybe is around. Like, let's look up free agent court. But here's what I'm saying. You know, when like you used to, I don't know if this happened in like sports that you played, but you know, when like, like in hockey for me, I was like a squirt or whatever. And like the peewee team needed a player. So like I would get called up for one game to play with the peewee team. That's, I think, on emergency basis, the NFL and the NCAA should work out a deal. It would never happen. But in an event like this, you would need to pick a player from a, a, a college in your state. So, for example, they're in Colorado. So, like, Colorado. You get Colorado's starting quarterback. Call him up for, like, one game. I think that would be electric. I know that the logistics of it would never work out. But if they could figure that out, like, you would have, like, I don't know. Um... If the Carolina, if when Teddy Bridgewater went down, you could call up Trevor Lawrence for a game, something like that, because that's Carolina. So I don't know. Make it happen. But yeah, let's look at NFL free agent quarterbacks. I'm trying to think of like when you do Madden career mode, franchise mode. Yeah, like that's who's what I'm in that. <laughs> Tom Brady's the first one that comes up. No. Uh. Drew Stanton, <laughs> Chad Kelly from Ole Miss. He was pretty good. I remember him. Um, Cody Kessler. I think Josh McCown. Like you, he's on a practice squad for the Eagles. I want to say Pax, Paxton Lynch. I think Sam Bradford's a free agent right now. Did he retire? Is he still a free agent? Not entirely sure, to be honest so, with you. So, Colin Kaepernick isn't even Brett on this Favre list. wouldn't come out of retirement to do this? Oh, well, like, I think they should have players come out of retirement, too. That would be they awesome. They 100% could do these things where they could adjust some of the rules where, with guys coming out of retirement and the like. And, you know, you could have Kaepernick come in and play. Like, like you're telling me that the NFL right now with all the stuff that is going on. Like, I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick is a good quarterback. Because I am not, not a talent scout, and I have not seen this guy play football in four years, right? He wasn't even good when he was in the NFL. But continue. But you're telling me that there is a bet, like with everything that's going on in America right now, that nobody in the PR office of the NFL was like, "Hey, maybe we should go find that Colin Kaepernick guy and get him on a one-day contract and have him play some football." Yeah, because there's been a lot of PR stunts in the world uh, this past weekend. Could have added one more and just, you know, gotten some, cele- you know, like big name like that to play in the game. Would have been better than the wildcat offense that they ran all day. I know, right? I mean, like- they weren't going to win this game either way. Because they're playing the Saints, but like if they're playing like the Jaguars, like this this game should not have been played. Why are the Steelers and the Ravens keep getting postponed? Because they're good teams. What are you saying about the Broncos at that point? I don't know. I picked Saints. You picked Saints. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious. Speaking of PR stunts, what do you think about the Vanderbilt kicker? 
I think it is a good thing to do. However, I think that the people that are upset about the comments on Twitter and Instagram are upset about the wrong thing. Okay. So for context, for people who haven't seen it, obviously this was there. So a girl played as a kicker for the Purdue football team. She was the first or sorry, Vanderbilt. um, Same colors. Yeah. Um, She was the first woman to play in a power five conference football game. Yeah. If I'm understanding what happened correctly, the only play that she was in for was a squib kick. Right. right? So, so here's what so, I'll say. Uh, and and yeah, all yeah, yeah. the people on the internet are like, you know, you're going to have the people who are, you know, the the misogynists and whatever who are like, get back in the kitchen and I want to see her get lit up. You know, all that crap, which you shouldn't be saying. I'm saying that right now. Definitively, that's not a good thing to be agreed. saying. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. However, that being said, the people who are upset with the people for saying those comments are not focused on the right thing. And it shows how much they don't know the game of football, because if you are upset about what people are saying in the comments and you are not upset about the fact that they put her on the squad and literally only had her do a squib kick. OK, so no. So like like what's what, what I'll say, I think you there. worded the first half of that very well. And I agree with you that the, the comments that are being made about stuff like that should not be be should not be being made uh, should not should not be made should not be made thank you um here's what i'll say they didn't have a lot of opportunities to kick in that game like they they um they they didn't they received the first half kickoff vanderbilt is terrible so that was actually like her first play that she could have been involved in they didn't score oh any touchdowns so they didn't have any field goal attempts so it wasn't like, hey, let's send her out for the squib kick now. It was, okay, this is the first play that she's actually eligible to be a part of. Here's what I'll say, though. Did you see the kick? I saw it go kind of like off to the right. It looks kind of like a failed onside kick, to be honest, more than it looked like a squib kick. Like it was a little bit too much air for my squib kick. Okay, so yes, yes. I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying, I am totally in favor of the move that they made to like to do this. Um, yes and no. I mean, I'll, I'll back that up, but I am not saying this just because I'm like, you know, to, to be anti, you know, female kicker on a college football team. That's not why I'm saying this, but I am. And you all know me now from listening to this podcast for two years, two years and some change that I am a realist. I'm someone who, and Carp is too, I think we all pretty much are. We call it how we see it. You know, there's implicit biases here and there with like Patriots. We may be a little bit biased there, whatever. But for the most part, I'm going to call something how I see it. Um, I think there is an urge in, you know, in situations like this to want to overly root for the person involved. And when I say that, I've been guilty of that before. Josh Gordon's a perfect example. We all knew that Josh Gordon was a train wreck. It, it was kind of like you were walking on eggshells watching him play football because, or, or just like having him on the Patriots because you knew at any moment he could fail a drug test and, and you know, fail his way out of the league, which evidently happened. But it was like what you were overly rooting for Josh Gordon to do well because you wanted so badly for him to do well versus him not doing well. I kind of feel the same way about Cam Newton. I feel that like because we all know this is like a trial year for Cam Newton. This is an audition. It's a playoff or it's a tryout. 
I am overly rooting for the success of Cam Newton because I don't want to see him, you know, get cut and like get blamed on and like have his career go over. I feel like there's a similar scenario. So in doing that, if Cam Newton makes a bad throw, I'll be and throws interception. I'm more inclined to say, well, that's bad cut, you know, bad protection. That's bad play call. That's a bad route run, whatever. When in reality, it probably was just a bad throw. So in this situation, I think that there's an urge from a lot of people to want to have a little bias shifted towards the Vanderbilt kicker than the reality of a football game and a football play. That being said, here's how I view the kick. First of all, I don't know where people came up with this whole squib kick thing. It was it was it. You squib kick, for those of you who are throw a lot of people who do not know football are throwing that term around and trying to connect it to whatever that kick was on Saturday. Yeah. A squib kick, if you want a perfect example of a squib kick, look at the kick the Vikings gave to the Panthers at the end of the game on Sunday. That was a beautiful squib kick. A squib kick, the purpose of a squib kick is to, to go far and to pin a team deep but to eliminate any potential for a return for a touchdown. So you kick it low, you kick it bouncing on the ground, but you kick it far. That's a successful squib kick. And you kick it down the middle because if the kick goes out of bounds, it's a penalty. Right down the gut. Exactly. You kick it right down the gut on the ground. You keep it bouncing so that there's basically that a team basically has to fall on it so that they can't return it for a touchdown. Exactly. So a squib kick historically 25 yards and in the, is, is where it's supposed to end up inside the 25 yard line of the other team. So an onside kick and I'm educating people here. An onside kick is a kick that you do when you want the ball back after you score because you have to kick off to the other team after you score. The ball travels 10 yards. You throw some spin on it. You throw some pizzazz on it. You throw a little mustard on it. The ball travels 10 yards and it's close enough for your team to run after and get it before the receiving team gets it, or it bounces off of someone on the receiving team. They make contact with it and then you can grab it. That's what an onside kick is. Those technically don't go further than 15 yards. What I think happened on Saturday, the play call, I believe was a regular kick. That's what I think. I have no way of proving this, but I think it was a regular kick that was just muffed. I know a muffed kick when I see one. Believe me, I've kicked them in my day. Uh, They are not pretty. This ball was lined up on the middle hash, carried, I don't know, 20 yards maybe, spinning butterfly, and then almost went out of bounds if it wasn't for the player on the receiving team keeping it in bounds and grabbing it. So immediately... Everyone on the internet. You're missing the best part about this. They had to do it with a with a hold. Yeah, yeah. They had to do it with a holder. Yeah. Um, which is you don't do that on kickoffs. But well, anyway. I mean, you do it if it's getting knocked over. <laughs> right. If it's like ridiculously windy and the 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 stand can't hold the ball up. Right. And that's probably what was the case. I wasn't watching the game. I watched the highlights. But everyone on the internet. After this kick happened and after everyone was saying, what a bad kick, what a bad kick, that was a terrible kick. All the pro Vanderbilt kicker people who were like had this urge to want to like, you know, root for immediately fell back on the squib kick thing, Um, which 
I'm seeing it just like it's wrong from both sides because a that if it was a called squib kick, that's not a squib kick. B, if it wasn't a called squib kick, which I don't think it was, then that's just a muffed kick. So I am not out here trying to throw hate just because it's the first, you know, woman player to play in a power five conference game. I am saying people Let's call a spade a spade. This was great for the game of football. It was a great PR move by Vanderbilt University. But let's call a spade a spade. She messed the kick up. That's I. So I'm I'm watching the clip right now, and just the way the kicking team reacts, you can already see the guys cheating over. To, like the guys on the left side of the field are already cheating like the second it gets kicked i've seen a lot of cheating say that over yeah. that way so for that reason it makes me think that they were like to me it's almost as if they didn't trust her to actually do a kickoff so they but i, her to I just think that's more common than we think because you know in madden when they're like kickoff left kickoff right kickoff middle yeah, I think there's a tendency from kicking, you know, special team kicking players to cheat to the side that they're that they know the ball is going to so that they can stop a return easily. We have no idea of knowing what the play call was, especially because the coach was fired after the game. Oh, my God. Not for this, because they're terrible. But it was just kind of funny that, like, everyone was like, well, why don't we just ask the coach? And it's like, huh? Well, he got canned immediately following their, what is it, their, like, 11th loss of the season or something? They're bad this year. They're real bad they this are. year. They're all They're bad. terrible. But anyway, um, I, I just, let's call a spade a spade. It was great for the game of football. I am so pro, like, things like this happening and more things like this happening in the future because it's good for the game and it's good for exposure. But at the same time, people, let's call a spade a spade. It was not a great kick. Let's just, let's leave it at that. If it was a, squ- if it was meant to be a squib kick, wasn't a successful squib kick. If, if it was, was meant, meant to be an onside kick, it wasn't that great either. Right. It was just not a good, like any, that's what I'm saying is like the people who don't know football think by th- relying and leaning on the term squib kick that they're like, okay, it was a squib kick. So it doesn't need to be a kick that was booted, you know, 70 yards down the field, but they don't know in reality that no matter how you look at that kick, it was not a successful kick. I have seen one kick get kicked like that in my entire life and i'm trying to remember if i was in sixth grade or if i was in seventh grade and i'm trying it's tough to remember but either way i was in middle school and because the team wasn't very large so i played offensive line in middle school yeah so i was in the first um wave uh actually i think it was in the second wave of blockers on the kickoff right and the kick went pretty much straight up in the air, and I was on the... So if you're facing the kickoff and you're on the kick return, I was on the left side. Okay. The kick basically goes straight up in the air, it's end-over-end sideways, and it comes like 20 yards to where I'm standing, you know, 15, 20 yards away from where they are. So I reach up and I catch it. That's the only time I have ever caught a football during a game, right? And I, I caught it. That's what the kick reminds me of. Like a, that's what it looks. It looks like a middle school kick, and I think that yeah. they. I, I I'd like to know how much time they spent actually giving her practice time, because to me it seems like she didn't really get the opportunity to, you know, kicking a football and kicking a soccer ball are two very different things. 
<clears throat> here's another thing. And I may be right or wrong in, in, you know, this is more of just a question in general. Do you think that she was the most viable option for the team? For the team? I don't know because I don't know what their situation was, but I don't know that she was ne- like. If you needed I'm a kicker, do you think that, that she was the most better. viable option? I mean, I don't know, man. I think I would have any of the soccer players from either the men's team or the women's team line up and see who can kick a ball the furthest. Right. Or even, I mean, she was the goalie. I know that they punt the, the ball very actually, far. That makes sense, actually. They yeah. punt the ball, but I don't know. I feel like a striker might like just be able to like make better contact with a football. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it was like, if it was like a, we really don't know. And this is just me, like just, just guessing. Was it like a really a PR move where they're like, hey, we have an opportunity. Our season's blown anyway. Why don't we go out and garner some you know, national attention and let's just go find someone from the women's soccer team who would be willing right. to do this? Or was the head coach of the Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt football team like, hey, go and find me the best kicker because we don't have one. And then they landed on her. I don't know what the process was like. If I were making that decision, I would do what you said. I would just find who can kick field goals the best. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm curious as to what the process was there. I don't know. I mean, I mean my, honestly, my biggest gripe was the squib kick thing. That was my biggest gripe. I am like, I would say I think that there are a lot of people. Like, I I think specifically, um, like with the women's national soccer team, I feel like there are a bunch of people on that team that could be good NFL kickers. Like. Or not necessarily like top tier, top five NFL kickers, but I feel like there are some teams that struggle so badly at the kicker position. Like they could be a good middle of the pack kicker. Like I would not be surprised to see people on the women's soccer team be able to do. And like, that's why I feel like if women are able to like, like if there is a strong movement to integrate sports from a gender perspective, I feel like women from the national soccer team, finding their way into kicking positions in the NFL makes the most sense. Yeah. And didn't they like experiment with that? I feel like Carly Lloyd wanted to try out for a team, but she either botched the tryout or never like went through with it. But there were videos of her kicking 30 yard field goals with ease. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just, I was, I I was just going to say, I think that, my biggest issue with the whole thing was everybody just like leaning on the whole squib kick thing. Yeah. Uh, because that was just like a cover. I mean, it, it's okay. It's just like what? That's someone who's not put in that position. It's okay to say like, hey, this is historic that like this is the first woman to play in a power five game and then just leave it at that. I mean, you don't have to say like, oh, it was a like the only reason why I'm combating the whole like it was a squib kick was because everyone's like, oh, perfectly executed squib kick. And it's just like, okay, you clearly don't watch football because that a, a that's not a squib kick, and b if it was meant to be a squib kick, that was not perfectly executed at all. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Um, three games left. We'll rapid fire through them. Forty ers and Rams. Did we both pick the? Oh, I picked the Forty ers That's where I went mm. one up on you, or I think that's because I beat you on two. So wait. How many games did I miss this week? You only missed one game this week, then. The, the Raiders. The Raiders is the only game that you missed this week, then. 
I don't, Eleven and one. You told me before the podcast that you only differed with me on one game, so I assume that you also picked the Rams. I forgot. Wow, that was big. Okay, forty. Oh, you know why too? Is because I bet on them. Oh. Saturday night when I was making my betting picks, I bet on the Rams to upset the. I mean, I bet on the 49ers to upset the Rams on the money line. I don't mean to call you out on this, but is sure. betting illegal in Massachusetts? Um, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not super convinced by that answer. <laughs> Here's the thing, like it's not like it's illegal. I don't know how it works. Um to be honest with you, how the whole legality of it works. But there's like ways where you can bet internationally where it's like you're not betting within your state. So allegedly, I bet on them on Saturday night. Allegedly. Allegedly, on the money line. And then when I was making my NFL picks on Sunday morning before the game, when when you texted me yours, I was like, hmm, why would I pick the Rams here if I'm going to be rooting for the 49ers? So I picked the 49ers. Good for me. Aren't you lucky? All right. uh, Chiefs Buccaneers. That game got close at the end, and they actually, the Chiefs ruined the spread on that game because the spread was three and a half, and they only won by three. So shout out to the Chiefs for blowing a huge lead and still winning and ruining my parlay. But, I mean, we both picked the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Easily. And then... Packers and Bears. I picked the Packers, shocker, because I usually am big on the Bears, but the Bears have lost five games in a row, six. I don't know. They were five and one at one point. Are you kidding they were me? Five and one. Yeah. So wait, what are they now? Five and six? They yeah. Yeah, so they've lost five games in a row. Here's the thing. I'm a big and I've said this on the podcast where I thought it was a mistake to go away from Nick Foles. Despite them getting pumped, hey, I thought it was a bad spot for Mitch Trubisky to come back in. Just a tough game for him. That is, yeah, that's fair. I didn't think the offense looked that bad. He he himself had some bad turnovers, but if you well, of course, offense as a whole, they looked a little more composed, and I think that comes back to Nick Foles being unprepared and like he's being prepared for unpreparedness. Nick Foles is a sitting duck back there. At least Mitch yeah. Trubisky can move around a little shake and bake. He can maneuver his way in and out of the pocket. He can find his receivers. I thought the offense looked a little bit better. I mean, they've lost five games in a row. So, I mean, you got to start somewhere. I think you go back to Mitch Trubisky next week. And that run from David Montgomery was like 60 yards. Mm. When when have the Bears ever had like a play from scrimmage that went 60 yards? I mean, I know that they did it a few years back, but I'm just saying it's a rarity for the Chicago Bears, especially like in the past few years to have big yeah. plays like that against good teams. It is. It's, it's been since like the Devin Hester punt return days that they've had. Oh, Devin big. Hester was lethal. Yeah, he was so lethal. Uh, so what do you think? Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky next week? What do I think? Like, what that, is your what, pick? What, what, oh, if I was to pick, probably if Trubisky you were picking, yeah. At this point, like, I don't, I don't see why you go back to Foles. It doesn't against like, the Lions too. Against a Matt Patricia-less Lions, yeah. I think you start Trubisky for sure. That's uh, a win. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. They that, were like that makes so much favorites coming out of the NFC East six weeks in. That's, That's crazy. That they're five and six now. They've lost five games in a row. 
I mean, they're Chicago. What do you expect? They suck. I think you said that when they were five and one. You're like, I don't. I still cannot take them seriously because I know that they're going to blow it, and they have. I don't know. I mean, they can still technically make the playoffs, but I don't think they will. Yeah, there's no way. They just don't like. With like when you look at the Patriots being five and six, right? They have been in every single game that they've played this year. Yeah, the Bears not. So the much. Bears just get blown out left and right. Yeah. They and they don't have blowout. I've said this a million times. They don't have blowout potential either. They can't beat teams by a lot. They win by like one score max, maybe two possession game, but they can't beat teams by like 20 plus. Yeah. I don't know. Those are all the games, though. Um, yeah. Before we sign off. Uh, last night was tough. Um. We lost the national championship. So I do need to ask this. So I, I did. I noticed that the stream was going. I didn't have the the time to hop in to watch it happen. That's fine. But was it a? I have watched before. Good. Um. Was it an offense problem? So I I know you only play the offensive that snap. I'm the I'm right? the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So was it a? offense problem of not scoring or was the defense giving up too many points for you to catch up it was more okay so it was more of the defense because they let up 55 points oh my god but i think we had a few i i don't think the off like we scored 36 it was 55 36 that's not terrible did you have enough room to make up three touchdowns though yes oh you did so that's what that so we got screwed was we got i kicked i chose to kick i won the toss i chose makes to kick. sense they stopped them on defense on the first drive so we got the ball we go up seven they tie the game at seven then we can't convert on third down and punt it away they somehow scored 10 points it before i get the ball back so something Probably went, a fumble went wrong on the kickoff on the so. special teams yeah so whoever the special teams coaches fired um so they're up 17-7, and then we couldn't score again, and then they scored to go up 24-7. There were, okay, there were chances for us to get back in that game that we didn't capitalize on, but the defense didn't give us help either. So it was a little bit of both, just wasn't a good game all around. Um, I, I, It was tough, but the silver lining out of the whole thing is that we do have something to look forward to. The series stays alive because I won't quit until I have multiple national championships, not just the one. So I'm glad that I don't have any yet because I said my goal was to dominate every power five conference. I started in the American athletic in the first season with UCF. I was the head coach. And then I took a job at Iowa in the second season. I'm the offensive coordinator, won the big 10. So I don't know what's next. I'm making my decision this afternoon. I'm going live to make the decision. I'm not so sure if I'm you, staying or going. Are you, are you, Say like a uh, like an Ohio State comes along and offers no. you the head coaching job. No, no, I will not go to another Big Ten school. Okay, so you you'll stick with Iowa if it's Big Ten. Okay, so say like I don't know how the simulation is with good teams. Like say Notre Dame's a good team in the simulation. If Notre Dame comes along and offers you the head coaching job, is that something that you would take over we'll staying we'll to be? I'm, I, I'm intrigued by the prospect of that. We'll have to say, I, I have not made a decision. I don't know yet. Do you know what the offers are on the table? No. So I do, I do that live. So the way the game yeah. works is you enter this thing called the coaching carousel. And as the jobs come up, they like pop up on. So you're basically in this like, I don't know how to put it. 
but the jobs in real time pop up. So like you enter the coach's carousel and it's like Penn State coach was just fired. New job available, Penn State. And then you hit A and they do like a round of interviews. And then if they pick you, they're like, congratulations, you can keep it or you can like decline it and stay in the coach's carousel. And then if you decline it, let's say the Louisville head coach accepts it, then the Louisville job is available. And it just keeps going around in a circle in a circle as more coaches take new jobs. And then if you do it for long enough, then like big teams start to pop up. But I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I wanted to win a national. So, by the way, go get the merchandise that's on the store. We have a bunch of Iowa shirts, Boomer Oakley shirts that are on the store. I wanted to win a national Dude, championship people, with Iowa. People are going to see people wearing those and be so confused. Yeah. <laughs> people have bought them, too. What's weird <laughs> is that I was looking at our store the other day. I hadn't been on it in a while. We have I mean, we put stuff out sometimes, but for the majority, it's just the basic outright TBR stuff. So we don't really update that because the logo has stayed the same for two years. Um, but I went to put the Boomer Oakley stuff on. There's a shirt on our website with Carp and I on it. I've Multiple that, people have bought that shirt that aren't me and Carp. <laughs> so I'm waiting for the day that I'm walking down the street and I see someone wearing that shirt with my face on. I'm like, hey, there you are. But yeah, people are like buying the Iowa merch, so I'm hyped. But yeah, people are going to be confused. It says 2013 Big Ten champs, which they didn't win the Big Ten in 2013. So I don't know. But go get the merchandise. I I don't know what I'm going to do. If you are interested in finding out, join the live stream. I will obviously update everybody on the Instagram. But yeah, I just wanted to address tough night last night. You know, I lost sleep over it for sure. I was thinking about what went wrong. But we will be back. I guarantee you that we will be back. Boomer will be back or Iowa or both. I'm not ruling out a leave Iowa and then come back in a few seasons either. I have everything is on the table. So we're just going to have to find out. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So, yeah, that's all I've got. Nice. So. So, yeah, this is uh, this was the week 12 recap episode 51 of the review. Um, we'll be back in probably a couple days to do the, definitely in a couple days to do yeah. the, uh, the, um, week 13 pick them. And, um, now that like, it's kind of, when do you, so are you, BU's not doing the, uh, long break thing? I mean, yeah, we are. You are, but you still have classes. I'm, I, so I'm at, I'm back at BU now. I was home for Thanksgiving and then I have class until December 10th. December 10th, I go home. I don't have any finals this semester. That's not a BU thing. That's just a, I have a really cool schedule thing. That's cool. Um, and then classes start up again on January 25th, I believe. Nice. So I'm home from December 10th to January 25th. That's perfect. Yeah, we're all going to be around. Like I've been saying this, we're all going to be around, hopefully, to do podcasts and things of that right. nature. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see you boys in a couple days. This has been episode 51. Uh, thank you all for listening.